Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to The Kickoff, brought to you by TickPick. I'm your host, Dan Harris. With me is my producer and snake charmer, Brendan Tuma. What an awesome and crazy first NFL Sunday of the year. Seriously, this is a 10 to 15 minute podcast, guys. So I could probably talk about everything that happened yesterday for like an hour, but that is why we have the Sunday night recap show of the Fantasy Pros football podcast, which I recorded a couple of hours ago. Now, I said when we got to the season that we're going to have a little bit more of a structured schedule. So today is our first Monday morning episode. And so for that, we're going to take care of the injury and other news, of course, because there's a ton of that right at the top. And then we're going to go quickly through my five takeaways from yesterday. Now, tomorrow we will talk about waiver wire pickups to get you as ready as possible for that, because that's a big one. But today, hit the news, of course. And again, five takeaways from yesterday. Now, I will quickly remind you that we are giving away a signed Stefan Diggs helmet. All you have to do to be entered into the giveaway is to leave a review for the show on Apple Podcasts or CastBox, and then go to fantasypros.com slash kickoff. And if you are a subscriber to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash fantasypros, that gets you three extra entries. And look, a review just helps the show. It's just starting out, helps it grow a lot. So I'd really appreciate it. But again, Stefan Diggs signed helmet. Just leave the review. Go to fantasypros.com slash kickoff. Now, before we get into the show, let's talk about TickPick and season ticket packages to your favorite team worth $3,000 and how TickPick is where you need to go when you are purchasing seats for any NFL game. TickPick is the original no-fee ticket site. They're teaming up with Zip, the buy now, pay later service provider, to give away five huge season ticket packages for the 2022 NFL season. Every month from now until February, they're going to do a drawing, and they're going to pick one lucky winner for 2022 season tickets to their favorite NFL team. Again, I mentioned it, each package valued at $3,000. You want to enter, go to tickpick.com slash pros. That's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K slash pros. All right, let's run through some of the bigger news items from Sunday. Jerry Judy suffered a high ankle sprain in the Broncos' win against the Giants. Now, the negative x-rays are obviously really good, but if you saw this happen live, you are not expecting Judy to be able to return anytime soon. It looked really, really terrible. He was carted off the field. Now, he had been having a really, really good game before this. Seven targets, six catches, 72 yards. Again, this was kind of the breakout that we were really hoping for. It really looked like it was on its way. He was leading the team in snaps. He was leading the team in production. But with a high ankle sprain, Look, ballpark it, it's usually about four to six weeks. If it's bad, it could be a slight one. But again, he was carted off, and it looked terrible when it happened. So you need to prepare for him to miss some time here. Now, Cortland Sutton led the team in snaps. But along with Judy, next up in snap count was Tim Patrick. Last year, and even in this game, he was playing a lot in even two wide receiver sets instead of Judy at times. Now, he had four catches for 39 yards and a touchdown in this game. He is a guy who should probably have weekly value with Teddy Bridgewater looking pretty passable as a quarterback. Again, Samantha Pravidi and I like to joke about it last year that Tim Patrick was a viable wide receiver three for a long set of games, and he would have been more desirable if anybody thought that his name was cooler than the guy who sounded like your accountant. Now, if you're looking at somebody on the Broncos to pick up with Jerry Judy likely to miss time, it is him. It's not KJ Hamler, who again was a preseason sleeper and in deeper leagues, that's fine. But Patrick is going to give you more reliable production. Now, Judy missing time also helps Noah Fant, who already had a good game here. Eight targets, six catches, 62 yards, showed no ill effects from whatever the vague leg injury he had. But Judy missing time should mean more targets for him. 
They also have the Jaguars and the Jets with their next two games, and it's going to help both those guys, Fant and Patrick, a ton if Judy is out. Brian Fitzpatrick suffered a hip subluxation in the Washington football team's loss to the Chargers. He is going to have an MRI today. Now, in his place came in Taylor Heineke. He played pretty well, as he did last year when he had to relieve Alex Smith. 11 of 15, 122 yards, and a touchdown. He is a very, very capable backup, one of the better backups, actually, in the NFL. And even in this game, again, he did pretty well against a pretty tough Chargers defense. But this is going to be a downgrade with Fitzpatrick likely to be out a while. Again, we don't know the time frame yet. We are waiting for the MRI. But Dr. David Chow, who you know guests on the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast, he tweeted out that it is highly unlikely that we will see him back in September. So let's prepare at least for a few week absence. Now, that is a downgrade to the Washington passing game. It's not crazy. Again, Heineke is very, very capable. But the thing about Fitzpatrick is you know he's got the YOLO sort of outlook when he's in the game. He's not going to worry about if you're covered. He's not going to worry about if something might be a crazy decision. He's just going to throw, and he was going to pepper Terry McLaurin with non-stop targets. So this is not the way it's going to be at this point. I'm not dropping any of these guys massively. You know I love Logan Thomas, who also caught a touchdown in this game against the Chargers, but it is something where I think all of the Washington pass catchers, you have to lower them a little bit in your rest-of-season rankings. Odell Beckham Jr. wasn't active. This was unfortunate because it was a late game, and there was an earlier report in the week that there was all systems go. Then this morning it was he was likely to play, but they needed to see him warm up, and then boom, he wasn't active. All this is to say that he's clearly still recovering from his offseason surgery, and even if he plays next week against the Texans, a great matchup, of course, you can't expect him to be 100%. Now, someone I would look at on the Browns is Anthony Schwartz, the Browns' third-round pick from this past year. He did not play as many snaps as Landry or Donovan Peoples-Jones, but he saw enough work, and he played ahead of Rashard Higgins, a little surprising here, who was barely active at all. Schwartz saw five targets, caught three of them for 69 yards, almost had another one, which would have made it a big game. Now, if Beckham is going to be limited or even out going forward, Schwartz is a guy, again, drafted by this regime who could make an impact. And again, they have the Texans next week. So he's a guy on your waiver wire you'll probably want to look at. Raheem Mostert injured his knee after two carries for 20 yards. We don't know the severity of this, but obviously the other big part of this was that Trey Sermon was inactive for maddening reasons. I will talk about that in my five biggest takeaways in just a minute. Even if Mostert is okay, this is a reminder that his health record is not pristine, and you have to guard against this. We have no idea what's going on right now with Trey Sermon and necessarily why he wasn't active. So obviously you want to look at Elijah Mitchell, who had a huge day, but either way, you're going to want to make sure that if you roster Mostert, you have a ton of running back depth because even, again, if he's healthy after this, it's unlikely he's going to make it through the rest of the season unscathed. Zach Moss was inactive for the Bills game against the Steelers. This was a coach's decision. We had zero heads up on this. It just randomly came across. Devin Singletary was the only healthy back. Even he left a little bit in the game because of a shoulder injury. He did come back 11 for 72 on the ground, five targets, three catches for eight yards through the air. So if Moss is phased out or completely disregarded at this point, again, we have no idea what this was. Maybe he was late to a practice. I doubt it's like he's not going to play for the rest of the season. But if that were to happen, I mean, Singletary would essentially make an RB2 at this point. I mean, he is going to get the vast majority of the work. Again, I do expect this to be more of a one-off. But if Moss is really somehow phased out of this whole thing, Singletary probably makes an RB2 going forward because I don't expect Matt Breida to take the same amount of work away. 
Jason Verretta, the 49ers, likely tore his ACL. I mean, it's not an exact causation, but you did see, of course, the Lions go a little bit crazy, especially after Verrett came out of the game. This is a big blow to the San Francisco 49ers defense. Again, it's not something that's going to be crazy impactful necessarily in terms of your fantasy impact, but it's something you're going to want to consider every time one of your pass catchers plays against the 49ers. Finally, Josh Jacobs has been downgraded to questionable for today's game. He has an illness, apparently. We don't know anything about this. We don't know if it's COVID-related at all as I record this. But of course, Kenyon Drake, if you roster him, he may be somebody who may factor in heavily tomorrow. So make sure you monitor this. All right, my five biggest takeaways from yesterday. Number one, we undervalued all the Eagles. I mean, this was a soft matchup with the Falcons. I understand that. But Jalen Hurts, 27 of 35 for 264 yards through the air with three passing touchdowns. And he added seven carries for 62 yards on the ground. Think about that. We didn't even think about his carries. He didn't even need the carries. He didn't need the rushing production. And yet he had a huge day with seven for 62 on the ground. That's a monstrous rushing day for a quarterback. And it's a complete afterthought. That was why I liked him coming into the year because that provided such a high floor. The game plan around, you watch this game, the RPOs that they had, he's going to have a monster season. I don't care about the matchup. This is something that's great. And it's going to filter down through the rest of the players. Miles Sanders, 15 for 74 on the ground, four catches for 39 yards. Again, you saw lanes opened up. I realize the soft matchup, but still one of the reasons why there were these lanes is because of Hertz's rushing ability. That's what it does. So Sanders can succeed even if he's not going to be the bell cow back. And again, Kenneth Gainwell scored the touchdown and had nine carries. Doesn't matter. This is a good thing for Sanders. Devontae Smith, by the way, looked fantastic. Led the team in targets, tied for the lead in catches with six. 71 yards and a touchdown. I said coming into this week, I wanted to see this before I trusted Devontae Smith. I saw it. Smith looked great. Hurts looked great. I am trusting him. Jalen Rager is a deep sleeper who you can consider catching all six of his targets for 49 yards and a touchdown. He dominated the snaps as the wide receiver too. And Dallas Goddard, five targets, four catches, 42 yards and a touchdown. It's not all perfect. He was basically in on half of the pass plays. Zach Ertz played a lot too. And Ertz actually missed time a little bit with an injury in this game. So Goddard is not going to be what we thought he could have been when we thought Zach Ertz was going to be traded. But he is, I think, going to be the optimal version of what we thought he could be with Ertz on the roster. Again, Atlanta next week got a much tougher matchup against San Francisco. Although, again, we saw the loss of Arette that is going to factor in. Then they've got Dallas. Kansas City you can exploit. They're tough on wide receivers, but whatever. Then Carolina, the Bucks. We just saw what Dallas did to them, even with their defense. The Raiders, Detroit. But the bottom line is this. Nick Sirianni and the Eagles designed this offense to, to really, really fit Jalen Hurts' skill set. It's going to benefit everyone. This, you sh- If you roster an Eagle right now, you should feel very, very excited. Takeaway number two, we were still undervaluing Corey Davis after the preseason. Seven targets, five catches, 97 yards, and two touchdowns over a 17-yard dot. This was not quite, I'm going to target you on every single play like we saw in the preseason. But basically, he is the guy. Elijah Moore had a really terrible, terrible drop, had a really bad game. Jameson Crowder hasn't been able to get on the field. Keelan Cole has been injured. Denzel Mims is in the doghouse. Zach Wilson looked good in this game, despite the fact that he was under duress the entire time. The Jets offensive line is an absolute mess, but they're going to be playing from behind. Their defense is not good. They had more injuries yesterday in this game. And really, Zach Wilson has nowhere else to go if he wants to succeed. Corey Davis is playing great. 
The upcoming schedule is New England and Denver. That's not great. But then they get Tennessee. Then they get Atlanta. Corey Davis is probably going to be a borderline wide receiver too going forward. And if you were lucky enough to draft him before the price inflated, you got yourself a steal. Takeaway number three, Jamar Chase is just fine. Now, T. Higgins left this game briefly with an injury, but Chase played the most snaps of any Cincinnati wide receiver. 62 snaps out of 69 plays. And he had a great game, seven targets, five catches, 101 yards, and the touchdown, which was a 50-yard touchdown. Now, Pat mentioned it on our Sunday night recap show. He made a great play over the middle, and this is where you want to go back, and you actually want to watch it, and then you want to watch an almost identical play in the preseason, and you want to see the difference in the way Chase attacked it. In the play in the preseason, he was a little scared. The alligator arms, he didn't have the confidence. In this one, he just went and got it, whether it was just that he needed to feel more comfortable, whether it was the adrenaline of being in a real NFL game, whatever it was, he looked absolutely strong and absolutely confident. Chase is a guy who I had few long-term concerns about. I just thought it would take him a while after missing some time last year. He didn't play football at all. He figured it would take him most of the season to get right. I don't really think I'm thinking that anymore. Also, by the way, Mixon is not going to get 29 carries in every single game. There's going to be even more pass attempts. So the seven targets, I'm not going to say that's the floor, but it's far from the ceiling. So there's a lot to love right now that we're going to see about the Bengals passing offense. Burrow looked better than I expected too, but specifically with Jamar Chase. Takeaway number four, the 49ers are going to drive you absolutely nuts. I mentioned it. Trey Sermon was inactive in this game. Brandon Ayuk played in this game, but he played behind Trent Sherfield. Now, you want to run a meritocracy in your offense? Great. You're an NFL coach, and Kyle Shanahan is a great NFL coach, okay? I'm not taking anything away from him. Meritocracy is fine, but the idea that you're going to do this and nobody is going to have any inkling whatsoever that this is going to happen. I mean, I'm seeing reports now that we're like, oh, you know, Ayuk, he played well in the beginning of the preseason. Then as time went on, he just didn't play that well. I mean, he was battling an injury. They held him out. Nobody had any idea that he wouldn't factor in here. He was ranked as a strong or at least a decent wide receiver two bar expert consensus rankings, myself included. Debo Samuel dominated this game as a wide receiver, but the idea that Ayuk's completely on the sidelines just doesn't make sense, nor does the fact that Trey Sermon was randomly inactive. Again, this is sort of stuff that I don't see how we can ever feel confident in what they're going to do right now with the 49ers, ever. We're probably going to think that somebody, you know, we might rank Debo Samuel really high next week. For all we know, he's going to play as the third wide receiver in this offense. It's something where if you roster any 49er other than George Kittle, You need to be prepared to pivot at a moment's notice. And my fifth takeaway, buy Mike Williams so long as he is healthy. Justin Herbert had a very solid game here against a very tough Washington defense, 337 yards with a touchdown and a pick. And that touchdown went to Mike Williams, who saw 12 targets. He caught eight of them for 82 yards and the score. Now, that wasn't even, he didn't even lead the team in targets. That was Keenan Allen with their team. But Mike Williams had an ECR this week of 46. I had him 53rd, okay? So I faded him even more than our expert consensus rankings. And I feel like we kind of forget how elite of a talent he is because he has had such a checkered injury history. And in this game, the Washington football team is a very, very good defense. So it wasn't like we were attacking them necessarily. But think about this. 12 targets and eight catches for 82 yards in a day where Washington really was not putting up points. Okay, it's not as if 
the Chargers needed to throw a ton and try to keep up. This is just what their offense is. What are they going to do when they play Dallas next week? Or when they play the Chiefs after that? Or the Raiders? Or the Browns? Don't you think that there's just going to be an increased passing volume, increased targets for both Williams and Keenan Allen? Hopefully Austin Eckler, who got zero, but we can talk about that in another show. There's going to be a lot of passing. There's going to be a lot of targets. So long as Mike Williams is healthy, he needs to be in your starting lineup in almost every single format. And that's going to do it for today's show. Don't forget to go to TickPick.com slash pros, where TickPick and Zip have teamed up to give away five season ticket NFL packages for the 2022 NFL season. That's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K dot com slash pros. As usual, I will talk to you again tomorrow morning.